A successful retirement plan begins with assembling the right set of tools. Finding the proper ones for the job will allow you to drill down on your goals and nail down your future. Scott Searles, certified wealth strategist and owner of Skybox Financial Group, constructs retirement plans for clients every day and will share that knowledge and insight with you. It's time to open the retirement toolbox and get to work. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Retirement Toolbox today. Walter Storholt alongside Scott Searles, financial advisor and the president of Skybox Financial Group. Scott, do you remember the commercial from a couple of years ago? I can't quite remember even what the product was. But the it's it's like a, a young guy uh, meeting his girlfriend's dad for the first time, and he's got tattoos, and uh, one of them across the front of his chest says "No regrets," but it's misspelled and says "No regrets." Yeah, and, uh, and the dad's <laughs> like, "Are you sure you don't have any regrets?" And the guy's like, "Yeah, man." <laughs> I don't know if you remember that one's always stuck with me for some reason. No regrets. Yeah, I, I just totally, I you know, I was wasn't with you until I remember the no regrets tattoo. No, I remember no, that part. I got I got to Google it real quick. Yeah, here here's here no no regrets. Uh, what is this from? Uh, there's pictures of it everywhere. Something about the Millers. Uh, I don't know. I don't see where exactly the uh, it's something from. A, oh, I guess it's from a movie. Maybe it's it, maybe it wasn't a commercial. It's from the We're the Millers. That movie. Oh, where it's, it's like, the promo. It's like the promo for it. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't a commercial. It was from that movie with oh. Jennifer Aniston and um, Ted Lasso. Uh, yeah. Jason Sudeikis. Yes. Okay. Uh, that that's a that's a funny movie. It's a good movie. Good movie. Yeah. Any any road trip movie like that's always always fun. Anyway, so not a commercial, but from that movie. Well, that's our topic today, right? Okay. So that was a Tattoos? Long, long way of going around. No, re- re- regrets. Oh, oh, regrets. <laughs> um, or regrets, or however you want to pronounce it. Uh, we're going to be talking about estate planning and building one with no regrets. We'll go with the more proper term rather than the... Ragrats or whatever it was. Uh, there are certainly some folks that will hear today's episode and not care really at all about leaving a financial legacy, sort of the last check I write needs to bounce sort of mentality, and that's fine. But for those who do want to leave uh, a, a legacy behind or pass money off to the next generation or assets of some sort, well, we're going to be talking a little about how to create that plan in a proper way that leaves you with no regrets. So a long lead in to say that's the topic of today's show. Plus, we've got a great listener question on the way today from Brian, who's having uh, been able to find a long-term care policy and uh, noticing that there are expenses and uh, maybe kind of wondering what your commentary might be on that, Scott. So we'll dive Mm -hmm. into that a little bit later on as well. Uh, Before we dive into uh, all of the material today, though, Scott, what's going on in your world? You know what? Um, You know, everything's doing good. Just busy. Uh, Got the kids back to school. Uh, my daughter's in the police academy. She's down there for five months. So, uh, yeah, we got, cool. yeah, a lot of stuff going on. You'll get some good stories out of that, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I told her the one thing that I want her to teach me when she comes back is how I can spin a car around in the middle of the road. Oh, yeah. Well, you yeah. always want to do that. Let's you know, go you try see it, it in the movies and stuff, but you're Pull afraid to try it because I'm afraid I'm going to rip the, roll the car over, right? So, yeah. Yeah, wouldn't that that be fun? And what's I mean, the the method where you stop a, a you know in a pursuit? You do the the quarter panel. It's got some sort of name, and I can't remember it. Oh, off it's, the, it's like it's not like ramming. It's, it's uh, the something maneuver, right? 
the, yeah pit pit maneuver the pit maneuver that's it yeah yeah, yeah. well but see i can't use that practice you know yeah how how often you drive up to the grocery store and use a pit maneuver right but, you might, hey if you know how to do it you might use it more often you never know when I'm. I, I want to... that space. Boom! Get out of my way. <laughs> well, you, you know, it'd be fun to be able to spin around the middle of the road. I don't know. All right, Not that well, I probably wouldn't be able to use that either. But. First time she comes home to visit and you get some details on uh, on how to do all of these maneuvers. I want to hear the stories of how that how that lesson goes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. You'll be the first to know, Walter. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, let, let's talk estate planning. I do, people have waited long enough, so let, let's dive in here. Uh, want to eliminate some of the common mistakes that we see people make when it comes to the estate planning world. So I'm going to cover a couple of those different topics on today's show as we dive in here so that we can... Uh, not have any turmoil, not have any regret, because that's the consequence, right, Scott? Before we get into right. our specific tips and advice here, if we don't have a great plan in place when we hit that estate planning realm, uh, you do have this turmoil or, or this maybe regretful situation that you fall oh, into, yeah. money going to the wrong people, all sorts of pretty dramatic issues can pop up here. I've had kids crying in my office when their parents pass away, mm. not necessarily because they passed away, but because... Money was going to, you know, a, a girlfriend or somewhere where there was no communication. They didn't know, and they were upset. Yeah, it can it can lead to lots of problems. We'll uncover some of those problems as we go through these tips, and we've got five of them for you on today's show. So, uh, launching into it now. Here we go. Number one is failing to plan for expenses that can be foreseen, especially health care. So if we're thinking about legacy planning and uh, planning for kind of that tail end of life and be passing money off to the gener- next generation, part of it before we even pass it on properly is making sure it's preserved and health care mm-hmm. and unforeseen expenses can present a real threat here. Yeah, and, and you know what? Health care, you know, all-encompassing health care is the second biggest expense you're going to have in retirement after taxes. But you know, this leads right into that whole long-term care discussion and that, you know, that's obviously a form of health care and you work hard your whole life and you accumulate all this money. You've worked 40 years doing whatever, accumulating all this money. And then if you don't properly plan, it could all simply be gone. It could vanish. And if you wanted to leave a legacy to your children, that's going to be gone too. So one thing when I meet with my clients and we create our worry-free retirement blueprint for them, one of the sections we talk about is estate planning and legacy planning. And you know everything that we're going to talk about today are things that I have conversations with my clients about. So when we're talking healthcare, you need to have a plan or strategy for these things, at least a conversation. Doesn't mean you have to buy insurance for long-term care, but you need to have a plan. You need to know if something does happen because we know the odds are against you uh, to not go in a nursing home. You're most likely to use a nursing home one spouse or the other at some point in your life, and you need to have a plan. You need to make sure those are those are taken care of and because the last thing you want is that money to just disappear and go to a nursing home and then you've got nothing to leave a legacy with. 
yeah, disappear, poof, not uh, words and descriptions we want to have of our uh, finances and especially our legacy plans and money going to the next generation. So make sure we plan for those unforeseen expenses, even though we don't know exactly mm-hmm. when they're going to happen. We know the possibilities that are out there and we can put plans in place for them. Mm-hmm. Another tip here is failing to update beneficiary designations. It's maybe one of the easiest things you can do. It's also one of the largest consequences and impacts if you don't do it. Well, yeah, and that's that's what, when my client was in the office upset, that's what the issue was. And it wasn't an account here with us. Uh, and because of that situation, we've changed the way that we work with our clients and that every two years we do beneficiary reviews with them because we want to make sure we're always on top of this. And it, it's very common for people to just glance over. They set, a, you know, life insurance is a perfect example. You could have got that 30 years ago. You got something set up, beneficiaries, ex-wives, whoever, and you've never updated and changed it. And then all that does is that is the end result is that your wishes aren't necessarily going to be fulfilled when you pass away. You want money to go to a certain spot. So it's very important your 401k at work, your IRAs, your life insurance policies, those are all very important. And another thing I encourage people to do a lot is utilize PODs or TODs, payable on death or transfer on death. What those allow is you can take an account that's not an IRA or insurance or annuity or anything that normally has a beneficiary on it, and you can pretty much put a beneficiary on They can't access that money while you're living, but you can have that TOD so that when you pass away, it'll bypass probate and go to directly who you'd like it to. If you've got two children, you can do TODs 50-50. Maybe you like one more than the other, and it's 60-40. However way you end up setting it up, you can do that on a bank account. You can do it on a lot of of different non-beneficiary type accounts and add that beneficiary in. So I think that's important. Because the whole idea of when you create a will for estate planning is to guide the probate process. Our goal and what we want to do with beneficiaries and registrations is we want to have that money bypass probate. So by having all of our beneficiaries set up the right way and our accounts set up the right way, we can do that. And we can avoid any issues where cash goes or assets go to places you did not intend. And it's just by doing that maintenance of the beneficiaries. Excellent to know and kind of understand just how big of a nuance that one is. Make sure it's at the top of your list as you're planning for retirement, making sure those beneficiary designations are up to date, and then continue to do that throughout time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another uh, step here or another uh, tip would be, failing to take steps to avoid conflict and potential litigation among heirs and family members. So we know that anytime money is passed to that next generation, it can lead to strife and frustration and even break up families when things are out of sorts. And if you want to try to be preemptively avoid uh, some of that confusion from happening, well, take those steps. What, what are those steps? Well, I think the number one step is communication. It's about talking to your family, letting, letting them know how everything's going to work. I do meetings a lot where I'll have my clients in and their adult children in, and we'll go over what would happen, who do you contact, all that type of stuff to make those things easier. 
And I know it's an awkward conversation. And I know some people don't want to deal with it. You know, they don't want to ever think about their death or they don't want their kids to know how much money they have. So, you know, there's ways you can kind of do it without numbers and, and but you need to communicate what they can expect and what your wishes are before you pass away. And then making sure you have got the proper legal documents in place to make sure that everything is all tightened up and, you know, and there's no holes in your plan at all because that just leads to potential issues down the road. Um, like if you leave a family member out of the will or, or your trust or whatever, well, they're probably going to be pretty upset and they're going to be mad at their brothers or sisters or nephews or nieces or whatever. And, you know, you need to have that communicated ahead of time because, you know, not having those proper legal documents too, you know, can lead to a bunch of different issues. All great tips and points so far today. Two additional things to consider if you want to build an estate plan with no regrets. Transferring real estate while still living instead of death. This is something that a lot of people think is clever, but can lead to some problems, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, a a lot of people, they, they want to try to do this with the whole idea being is that, hey, you know what, I'm going to give the house to Susie when I pass away. I'm just going to do it now because, you know, I can, if I ever go in a nursing home, I can protect it. That may be one of the reasons. But there's some rules and there's some pitfalls to doing this. Number one, you have to be aware of the five-year look-back period, at least here in the state of Ohio, that when you transfer property or assets or, or anything, that if you do go in a nursing home within that five-year time period, they can look back and reverse that. So you need to be aware of that. And, and you know, that, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but you just need to know the way the rules are set up. But some of the pitfalls, number one, if you sign your house over to Susie before you pass away and she's on her way to work and she runs over a doctor and gets sued beyond her policy limits, they can come after her assets. And, you know, that uh, her assets would include your house. So, you know, that's something you need to keep in mind. Or if they get her and her husband get divorced, she owns that house. They can include that in the divorce settlement if it's not, you know, a real, a real nice and, and, and I can't say the word, amicable. <laughs> Sometimes I get stuck on words. I'm really good at math, though, Walter. That's the important uh, part, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, divorce. So I think that, you know, that's one thing you need to be aware of if you want to go with that strategy. And then also is the step up on cost basis. If you sell Susie that house for a dollar and she goes to sell it for $350,000 one day, well, guess what? She's got a $349,999 gain. So that's going, she's going to have to pay taxes on that game. If you own that property and you pass away and she were to, you know, let's say stay in that house and her new cost basis would be 350, the value of which it was when she inherited it. If she sells it for 400 one day, guess what? She only pays taxes on the 
well, actually, she would not get to pay the taxes of her primary residence. But you know that you can lose that opportunity for that step up in cost basis. So you need to be aware of that too. So you know there are ways that you can do that and protect that house from a nursing home, utilizing different types of trusts and things like that. That you might want to talk to an estate planning attorney or an elder care attorney to make sure you can do everything the right way with that. All right, Scott, last little piece here as we talk about building an estate plan with no regrets, and this would be the fifth tip or mistake that we see, not considering the tax implications of the estate. How big of an issue is that? Well, that's kind of my bread and butter right here, Walter. And you already talked about cost basis step up on property, or that also could imply for stocks that you have. If you have a stock you know that you've been holding a long time, maybe you worked at Key Corp, or, and you had the stock or Sherwin-Williams and you've had it forever, um, you, know, you have to realize that there is a step up when you pass away. So if there's a big gain, you wanna, you, that's probably an asset you want to have the kids inherit as opposed to sell. But most importantly, the big thing is you know, taxes on retirement accounts. I focus on this a lot, and what people don't realize is that they have this million-dollar IRA. It keeps growing and growing and growing. Then when they pass away, they name their children as beneficiaries on there. Their children are eventually going to have to pay taxes on that over the next 10 years. So think about this. They're in their peak earning years. They're making good money. If you have two children, they're each getting a half million dollars. Even if they take that out over a 10-year time period, they're adding $50,000 to their tax return, which might bump them up into another bracket, and they may end up paying a lot more in taxes than if you were to pay taxes on it yourself. So having that plan that to build that legacy, and then you can also utilize life insurance with a lot of the funds that you don't utilize or need, because what you get then is you get a tax-free payout and you use the leverage of the life insurance to take, you know, quarter million dollars and turn it into a million and a half tax free with the insurance. And then that money can go to the kids to use to pay the taxes. And the net result is, is there's a lot bigger um, legacy that's left. So the taxes are a huge part of estate planning and it's definitely something that you don't want to overlook. Well, there you have it, our tips and mistakes to avoid when it comes to planning for that estate plan. And it's all part of the planning process that Scott Searles walks you through when you come into the office and uh, go through your own retirement planning process. Uh, All you have to do is pick up the phone, give Scott a call if you want to set up that time to visit, 888-742-0111, or you can go to talkwithscott.net. That's talkwithscott.net, and schedule a time to meet from your smartphone or computer at a time that is convenient for you. And we'll put links in the description of today's show to that contact information and to book that time to visit uh, so it's nice and easy for you. Still coming up on today's show, we're going to get to know Scott a little bit better, and we've got a great mailbag question from Brian. We'll get to those right now. It's getting to know you time. All right, Scott, to get to know you on today's episode, my off-the-wall question for you has to do with the Olympics. In what Olympic sport, you know, because it's time to start training for the next Olympics, uh, in what Olympic sport would you have the best chance of winning a medal? You can't. We, I think we had one of these questions a year or two ago where it was if you could make anything an Olympic sport, 
you know, so that you could get yeah. a medal, what would it be? But now you've got to choose from the actual available options out there. Well, you know what? I tell you what, I I don't know if I could compete in anything right? in an Olympic sport, right? But if I were to somehow be able to get a medal, it would have to be on the baseball team as like the bat boy. That's where I'm going to go. Wait, do they have base? They don't have baseball in the Olympics, do they? I think there's baseball in the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, I can't. yeah. Oh, yeah, there is. There absolutely is. Um, it's one of those. Yeah, sports where I would it have seems to be, to be the there bat- some years and not other years, maybe. Well, because I think the bat boy would get a medal, right? I think you're right. It's kind of like you know, you're on the staff and you get a ring if they win the championship. Yeah, Just, you know that kind of so, thing. I so like that your would thinking. Have, that would have to be my best chances of winning a medal because. It's not like I could compete in anything with world-class athletes because, you know, it, it, it's, it would be very hard. So I would have to go with being like the bat boy on the baseball team, assuming that he's going to get a medal. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Now, so now uh, one that seems like you could do well in would be like shooting, like archery or yeah. the shooting, yeah. you know, like because you're not having to have as much athleticism for those, right? Just That's the true. Skill. That's true perhaps um in the old days i might have said like back when i was younger i would have said badminton it looks so easy and then i actually took a badminton class in college and had to play some people that were actually decent at badminton but by no means experts oh my god you can get really good at badminton that sport is incredibly difficult to beat people who know what they're doing at i think there's a lot of sports exactly like that yeah i think you're exactly right like curling it doesn't seem like any of us could get out there and do a little curling yeah, but I'm telling you, it's probably a lot more skill than we realize. Way more, I'm sure, at that level. Yes. All right, how yeah. about ski jumping? All you got to do is just just stand up at the end of the jump and just hold a pose as you fly through the air. That can't be but, that bad, right? No, it's the landing. It's the That's you got to stick the landing in order to medal. That's true. There's two important parts to that to that sport. Yeah, the landing, right? <laughs> Jeez. It's like I, I could fly an airplane on autopilot, but I'd have to land it. Yep. Oh, I've got it. Bobsled. Bobsled or luge. All right. Just Bob, just lay there and roll down. Probably more being the passenger and the four-man bobsled, the guy in the middle that does There nothing. you go. I think we found it. We'll All you got to do is run, run fast enough and jump in. Yeah. I like All that. Right. that. That I like that. That's and lean. You got to lean a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I All right, bobsled. That. That's our path. You and I could be two members of the of the four man bobsled. Yeah, and with my weight, I might help it go faster. Same here, and the, with the hair aerodynamics, you're in good shape. Yeah, there. exactly, exactly. <laughs> I have don't. What they you don't even helmets. need the helmet. You're in good shape. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, heck with safety. <laughs> Love it. There you go. Either that or ice dancing. Right, we can just get out there and just like you know move around and flutter around and make it make yeah. it look fun. No, I like your bobsled idea. Yeah, that sounds a lot more fun. Uh, all right, well, there you go. We're going we're gonna to go for it. Bobsled, next Winter Olympics. We're going to start training mm-hmm. for it now, Scott. Absolutely. All right, very good. Coming up next, we're going to answer Brian's mailbag question. We're talking about long-term care and some other questions related to that. Here we go. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Okay, so here's Brian's question. It's, it's relatively short, but perhaps a little bit more in-depth answer because of the pointedness of the question here. Brian says, I haven't been able to find a long-term care policy that I like. Are they all extremely expensive? I bet this is a common complaint you get. Well, yeah, and, and it's a, and it's a misconception. Well, it, there's a lot of truth to that too, Brian, but it, I hear it all the time. And, 
You know what? Yes, regular long-term care, even hybrid long-term care policies, if you wait too long to buy them, become really expensive. So that is, that is true. They're, they're not the cheapest thing. But if you buy them early and you utilize a lot of your portfolio assets sometimes to fund that policy, you know, it may become something that works a little bit better for you. The other thing is there are other options too. And when we do our worry-free retirement blueprint for people, we go through the different options and how we can protect ourselves from long-term care, just like we talked about in the, uh, in the estate planning podcast today. And you know there are, there are different annuities, for instance, that'll give you long-term care benefits you know, and, and there, there's, so there's different routes you can take to not only fund it, but different products out there. And you can always get less coverage and make that premium cheaper. Now you just need to make sure you have enough to make it worthwhile. But, you know, so there are ways that you can work it. They're not going to be the cheapest thing. And you personally, Brian, you need to, you need to ask yourself, is the cost worth the, you know, the benefit? And that's with anything that you do in the financial planning world. And if you have a good advisor, they're going to explain to you that cost benefit and you can make a logical decision then. All uh, great, I think, questions that we get in this segment of the show. But this is a particularly good one from Brian. So thanks for sending that in to us, my friend. Uh, really helpful to get that perspective and that complaint because so many other people have experienced, I think, what you are right now as you're kind of shopping those policies and plans. So it's all part of a great financial plan to talk about long-term care, to talk about estate planning like we did earlier on. If this raises any questions in your mind, again, don't hesitate to reach out to Scott Searles and set up that time to visit. You can do that by going to talkwithscott.net. That's talkwithscott.net. There's a link for that in the description of today's show, as well as the phone number to dial, 888-742-0111. Tap into that 20-plus years of experience that Scott brings to the table, helping folks get ready to get to and through retirement. Scott, thanks for the breakdown on today's show. Enjoyed the conversation with you, and we'll pick it up again next time around. I can't wait. Looking forward to it as well. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next time on Retirement Toolbox. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.